It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Joining us now on the SECV Hotline, John Bartrick from BleedingGreenNation.com, DGN Radio, and 97.5, the fanatic in Philadelphia. Uh, licking wounds are the Philadelphia Eagles today, John? Boy, I mean, you have like a, a guy that grew up in Nebraska, the president of a university, Mr. James Lennon, uh, talking about discourse and everything else and listening to other people's opinions. And meanwhile, in Philadelphia, we're burning down churches and, you know, we're. Uh, <laughs> Looting all over the place, like it's just I, I can't, I can't follow, I can't follow such a wonderful presentation here. It's going to be, you know, all hot, takey, and, and crazy here in Philadelphia. I can't imagine that Philadelphia is overreacting. I'm shocked. <laughs> yeah, shocking. They're not taking, not taking the loss well uh, after, after winning a couple years. Look, and not that they don't have a right to be completely upset here, but you got to have a, a, a tiny bit of perspective. You know, this is the Carolina Panthers. Now they're six and zero. That defense has always been ferocious. They have the best two middle linebackers in the land, mm-hmm. and they showed it again last night. Um, I know that a lot of people think that the the secondary was kind of more their weaker part, but guys like Norman that aren't talked about. I mean, he's going to be he's he's one of the elite corners in this league. And I know that our, our <laughs> old friend uh, Kurt Coleman is is hanging out there uh, playing safety, and and really that's you know. I mean that's that's as, as good as you and I playing safety back there, but it's just it, uh, there's just so many different things. I feel like when the the Eagles lose, it automatically it's what Chip called in the game plan, and everything was awful and it didn't work. When they're really running some of the some similar stuff in their wins, and that's how they win football games too. And immediately it always just becomes that that's the focus. There's always some kind of weird controversy, and the one today that came out of. Chip Kelly's press conference was they, there was a huge thing of like why didn't Chip Kelly use Ryan Matthews more? He was killing it, and we all said that. And mm-hmm. I, hey John, I hey John, yeah, why didn't Chip Kelly use Ryan Matthews more? <laughs> <laughs> well, and this is this has always been the thing, and he had a, he had explained that it was like you know he was limited. I guess he had pulled his groin or something happened after one of those twenty-two yard gains. Oddly enough, he also on that supposed you know pulled groin ran for a sixty-yard-plus touchdown, which kind of got the Eagles back into the game, but that's how the Eagles operate. And and there's a there's a lot of there's always a lot of different takes of uh well Chip Kelly should be completely in charge of the running back situation and what's going on there and that's how it has to be. But when you're running the type of tempoed offense, when you have four guys on the sideline already signaling to position groups, 
Chip Kelly really going to take the time and go, hey, you know what? Um, I really want Ryan on this play. I really want such and such in this play. They have to rely on those assistant coaches to be able to communicate in with that. I understand this, that theory. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Uh, there are, but getting back to that, there was some speculation that like he might be lying about about the injury or or something like they, they something that he made up, and people was like, oh, it's, you know, really must have been a really bad groin injury if you're running a 60 yard touchdown. So I don't really understand what Chip Kelly would have to gain by standing in front of the press and then possibly making it a union issue or something else, or I don't know. I just don't see that uh, a, a coach of any. Any type going into the, up to the podium there and be like, yeah, I'm just going to make this up so I don't have to answer any questions of why I didn't use them. <laughs> now, that being said, uh, it's, it's this type of thing that is frustrating because even if Ryan Matthews is hurt, uh, we've seen DeMarco Murray not being able to turn the corner, especially, especially against these guys that are super fast, they're super physical, uh, and they can fly sideline to sideline. DeMarco Murray just cannot do that. He's great in open space if you give him time, and he actually had success early um, you know, going up the middle. But the, the jet sweeps and everything, I mean, that has to be Darren Sproles. That yes. has to be a guy that can get to the corner and do that. And that's one of those things that is very frustrating when, hey, you have got to make sure in your game plan, when you're going up against rough defensive lines and rough front sevens, this is what the Patriots do. When it's a weaker defensive line, they run the big boys. They run the Garrett Blunt when it's you know, or you know, since his injury, obviously Deion Lewis isn't there anymore. But against the tougher ones, somebody that can make you miss. So is, that's Sproles and that's Matthews, and they have to be more part of this offense. Uh, is Chip Kelly making the call on the sidelines uh, for Jordan Matthews to drop the ball? Is that a design play? Yeah, actually, for everybody too. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, I want you to drop the ball, Miles Austin. I want you to drop the ball. Uh, yeah, it's uh, Darren Sproles can drop a couple of balls too. Like that's all part of the game plan. You know, all the but that that's where you go back to it. I mean, a lot of that's execution. A lot of that's also maybe chip the GM. Um, Les Bowen did report today though that uh, Jordan Matthews has been dealing with a hand injury for the last three weeks. So I don't know if that's has anything to do with it. Uh, but you know, they keep implementing this thing. We talked about this on the podcast this afternoon. It was just. The jugs machine. They just got to get better on the jugs machine. Like I don't know how you, how do you fix drops off. I have no idea. So start throwing toilet paper. Start using tennis balls. Like I have, I have no idea how you fix drops from happening. And it's not just from one guy. And we speculated about this too. And Tim McManus had tweeted this out today. And this is ridiculous. I mean, they have a nine point one percent drop rate. It leads the NFL not only for this year but in eight years of football since two thousand and seven. <laughs> Nobody's dropped more balls than the Philadelphia Eagles right now. So that's insane. And I don't know if that's a part of how Bradford's throwing the ball because it's not exactly a tight spiral. It's not exactly, you know, a, a duck either. But it's just maybe it's just an odd ball to catch. It's it's something that falls in St. Louis. I think it's it's that. And you're dealing with a, a very young wide receiving core. And you're looking at Riley Cooper and Miles Austin as being the, the go-to guys. And that's just like that's not good enough. Uh, I think missing Nelson Aguilar in this one was a difference, but regardless, I mean, they are. An, it, it's. It, I, I can't explain it because it's like the offense just plays tag with what is working. Like the offensive line won't work, uh, and Bradford will play okay. Then the offensive line works, and Bradford doesn't play okay. Then they both work, and then the wide receivers start dropping balls, or then they can't run the ball. Like it's just, it hasn't come together yet. I think this is where they're really missing Jeremy Macklin. I still understand not trying to sign him for $13 million and $11 million a year, but they have no go-to guy. And that's why I say you have to have maybe Darren Sproles 
in that slot, in that wide receiving slot, as a guy that, that somebody, you know, say Bradford and the rest of the offense can rely on. How much of this can be placed on Bradford's shoulders, the, the issues that are going on? I'm not talking about the drop balls because the, the receivers have to make those catches. I'm not saying every catch, but they have, a lot of those were such catchable balls. How much of the other things can be placed on Sam Bradford's shoulders? As a whole, I think there's a lot you can place on it. I mean, he just has not played well. Mm-hmm. Uh, last night, I don't think you can. It's really hard to put a ton of blame on him. I mean, there's, there was, I'm sure there's some throws that he wanted back, but you, if Jordan Matthews puts another toe into the ground and has a touchdown, I don't really think we're talking about it. More so if Josh Huff catches a ball in the back of the end zone, you're not talking about it. I mean, this defense, again, this defense played well enough, and it just also shows you how good the Carolina Panthers defense is. They had three turnovers. And three interceptions, and they turned it into two field goals. So that's what has kept them in games. That's how elite those guys are. And again, that cha- that's that's your ball game right there. I mean, you just cannot have three turn- turnovers turned into two field goals. I don't know if it's some of the play calling that's there, but I, I can't argue with it if guys are getting open in the in the red zone. I mean, that's inexcusable. Um, uh, there was one throw at the at, at the beginning of the game. I think to Ertz where uh, Norman was there to kind of break it up. I think the throw could have been slightly better, but, you know, you understand those things. I actually think he's starting to come into his own a little bit. You saw him on, there's a fourth and one where they went forward early. He had to scramble to go get it, and ever since then that kind of revved him up. But then you also saw the regression of that in the fourth quarter, not only with him, but I think with the offense, and that's something we still haven't figured out yet either. It's just that the creativity of the early Chip Kelly is really not there. And I say that full well knowing that, you know, he's done some adjustments since Dallas in that awful week two game, and he's made um, a lot of things work. I, I just feel like that's, and maybe it's just a confidence level with everything that's going around. Just like we were saying, it's, it could be five different things that are going on in a football game. So I don't really think that the game planning was that bad, despite Philadelphia's bullhorned, fiery rage <laughs> that came out this morning. I think it was an okay game plan. It just, you know, it wasn't executed that well, uh, and they didn't use their personnel uh, enough to try and get those edges and make Sam Bradford look a little better than the stats showed last night. Well, the good news is a week off, uh, try and get some of those supposed injuries uh, healthy again. Uh, <laughs> and the Cowboys coming up on Sunday, November the 8th in Dallas. That's the good news. The bad news is... No game this week. Nature abhors a vacuum. There's going to be a lot of speculation now, like there hasn't been already. A lot of speculation is what's going on with the Philadelphia Eagles. We will be in touch with you, John Barchard. By the way, I have a a number that I need you to write down. You have a pencil handy? I'm ready to go. Okay. 215-477-8934. That's Tebow's number, just in case. 877 You got that? You got that? Okay. Just wanted to throw that out there for you in case, uh, in case you know, you know, you have some pull with with anybody there in the organization. Just yeah. in case. Sometimes you might uh, might just need to pull the old uh, GM hat on and uh, <laughs> sign Tim Tebow to a three year deal. There you, you go. Know, why not? Absolutely, right. John. We appreciate your time, bud. We'll talk next week, man. All right, thanks. Okay, John Barchard checking in on the SECV hotline on ESPN ninety two point three. Bill Bowman, Penn State, next on ESPN Radio. 
How many times have you heard the phrase, the early bird gets the worm? Well, it's your turn to be the early bird, and the Lynx at Hemlock Creek is making it easy. The Lynx, a public golf course, is now offering their 2016 annual memberships. Invest now in a 2016 membership and get the rest of the year for free. Memberships start at $275 for students. The Lynx at Hemlock Creek, located off Route 80 at the Buckhorn Exit, is the best golf course in Bloomsburg. The Lynx provides a beautifully manicured course with elevated tee boxes and sand-based greens. Yearly memberships are now being accepted. Singles are 700